Don't give place to the devil. What's he telling you? That when you lie and when you get angry, you give the devil an opportunity to get into your relationship. That's what he wants. And so you're playing into the devil's hands. That's what he's trying to tell you. Listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Ford Jr., Senior Pastor of the Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad you're with us today as we continue our series all about communication taken from Ephesians chapter 4. And as Pastor Ford just pointed out, communication in relationship is so critical. But when there's sin, when we allow the devil just a tiny little foothold, there begins to become a fracture in that relationship. And we don't communicate the way in which we should. You know, if you've been married for any length of time, I'm sure you've had those experiences where you realize, okay, I I don't think it's just the fact that we're not seeing eye to eye on this. I'm getting angry. I'm losing my temper. I feel like the devil is, is, you know, uh, causing me to become more angry than necessary with you. I I remember when my wife and I were early on in our, our marriage feeling that that was the case and we had to stop. And talk about that. And as Pastor Ford even says in our message today, we may even need to stop and pray about that to recognize the fact that Satan wants to destroy your relationships and your marriages. And one of the ways that he can do that is for you to begin to resent that person and for there to be a breakdown in communication. So let's not give him that foothold. If you can, open your Bible, join us in Ephesians chapter 4 as we continue this message, Communication, the Key to Any and Every Relationship. Here's Pastor Ford. So you have to set aside appropriate time necessary to successfully communicate, especially like, let me speak to married people, if you are both working and and it becomes even more important if, if you work different shifts. Because people need to realize you, you've got to spend time together. When we study rules of engagement, my new book that's out, uh, in, in, in this book, check this out. Uh, let me show you what I mean. You see them, guess what? Do you realize that, that 75% of the eight chapters of the Song of Solomon have to do with communication? How they communicate it? And what you can see is this, how the relationship was built on the communication. Okay, let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. Some of you will remember this. Okay, remember, I got 10 laws out of that first two chapters. Here's law number two. I call it, I call it the law of reciprocity. The first law was the law of authenticity. Is he real? Is she real? You've got to evaluate. That's the first evaluation that the Shunammite does. She says, okay, I need to find out if this person is genuine or generic. I got to find out uh, whether I have gold or pyrite. I got to know whether he's a diamond or zirconium. I need to know whether he's leather or pleather. That's my first thing to find out. And so she finds out. And check this out. She looks first at his character and then checks his reputation. You say, what does she do? She deliberately went around women who knew him and said, what kind of man is he? And she said, all of them love you. They all had the same evaluation. He's a catch. Oh, yeah, that's a dog you want to catch. (laughs) Then this is what she says. 
draw me and I'll follow you. Get it? Here's what she understood. That a woman shouldn't be chasing a man, that a man should chase a woman. That's the way God set it up. And, and so now she said, okay, okay, I'll slow up and let you catch me. But you got to show me you're worth following. You have to draw me. In other words, you be the thermostat, I'll be the thermometer. Whatever you set the temperature, I'll register it in, in this relationship. If you register heat up here, then I'll join you up here. But I ain't going up here and you down here. Draw me and I'll follow you. Now, let me show you something. Let me show you something. Look how powerful that was in this communication. Because what, what does she tell him next? She says, I have a low status in life. I'm a woman in that culture whose brothers made her work the field. How many Bible students I have in here? Men work the field. Women do the reaping, but men do. They made her plow it. Sow the seed. They made her weed it. So she said, I have low status. Then what else she said? Don't look at me. I have low self-esteem. Now, here she is. She realizes he's authentic. That means then that she can reveal things and be vulnerable. So she becomes vulnerable, and she says, I have low status, and I have low self-esteem. Know what he does? I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it. I'm going to read what he does. Let me tell you what he does. He begins to talk to her. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, he be rapping, Jack. He talking the starving dog off the meat wagon, Jack. I mean, he is really, he is really, listen, listen, listen to this man, this rap that, that uh, Solomon throws out. He was the wisest man who ever lived. He, he better have a rap. So she says, uh, don't look at me for, because, uh, uh, you know, I've been burnt by the sun. I got low self-esteem. Here's what he says. He says, uh, I compared you, my love, to my filly among Pharaoh's chariots. Your cheeks are lovely with ornaments, your neck with chains of gold. He's rapping to her. He's telling her how much he admires her. And what he does is this. He's not, he not blowing smoke in her ear. Because he, he's not trying to get something from her. He's trying to give something to her. What is he trying to do? Not self-esteem, God-esteem. He's telling her how God has made her. And in his eyes, don't tell me don't look at you because you are beautiful. And if you study those analogies, they all tell you how beautiful he thinks she is. Now get this. What does she do in chapter 2, verse 1? This is her. I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valley. Can I ask you a question? What happened to her low self-esteem? He built it up. Hey, if you're with somebody and they're breaking you down, duh, do you think? That when you begin to, to say, I wonder if I'm worth it. I wonder, uh, am I beautiful? Uh, why should you have to wonder that? Your man ought to be telling you that. You're the only one for me. Say, so me and my wife, we got a little thing we're doing. We're saying we're making an effort to give each other back the people we marry. So that means I got to lose a whole person. <laughs> but when we're talking about it, you know, we say, now, now this ain't going to be no stigma or no thing. No, why? Because, baby, there's more of you to love. Yeah. I said, yeah, but my chest used to be up here, and now it's down here. And she said, it ain't nothing but a pillow for me to, to lay my head. 
I said, okay, then I can go ahead and give you a bigger pillow there. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. And we affirm each other. You know, hey, there's more of you to love. Yeah, and I'm loving every bit of you. And so, you know, so she gets that, and all he does is he's, he's being, becoming a mirror reflecting the image of God and, and the worth of a person that he loves. And it's all through communication. And then guess what she does? She communicates to him. She starts at the top of his head. She says, your hair is like this. Your shoulders are like this. Your arms, your legs. Man, they, they get into it, baby. And what do they do? They're building each other up. And later on, you know, later on, I, I, I know I'm going to do something on that, because later on, they get into the conflict stage of the relationship in, in the marriage. And then they show you how to work through conflict. So that in chapter 8, they're old people sitting on the swing, swinging and reminding each other of their courtship and how beautiful it was and why they're still together while they're old because of what they did while they were young. And, and that's why I, I, you know, that's why I beat this stuff into you because by and large, guess what the Bible is really all about? If I were to summarize one word, I know you would be spiritual on me and say redemption. And I would say, yes, but it's redemption that has as the goal, what? Relationship. The restoration of our relationship to God. That's what it's all about. That God is a God of relationships. He wants us related properly vertically, and he wants us related properly horizontally. And so he gives us principles so that we can know we were in a relationship with him. We did have fellowship. That man walked in the garden with God and talked with him. That's what the Bible says. Talked with him. And then sin cut that off. And sin always messes up our relationships, no matter what they are. You see, and, and that's all I want you to do. Be able to have relationships uh, that will uh, be something uh, that you can build on. And uh, I'm not saying you're never going to have arguments. I'm telling you how to have a clean one so that nobody's pulling a Mike Tyson, biting somebody's ear off, you know, in a fight. You know, keep it clean. And this is how you keep it clean, how to have a clean fight. And so then, number five, own your own feelings. Now, now we're going to talk about some other, deta uh, some other details because I've, I've got a couple more sheets and I want to go through. I want to go through the whole thing with you. Uh, but suffice it to say this. One of the things that becomes very effective in being able to communicate is to own your own feelings rather than blaming someone else. In other words, what you did made me feel. That's good communication as opposed to, you know what you did to me. No, no, I didn't do anything to you. Uh, but what I did sparked something inside of you. And so I need to know that because we're in a relationship. And all of us only have to know two things about anybody we're in a relationship with. We're in a relationship. What, what are those two things? What makes them tick? What ticks them off? Yeah. And that's what you're learning, basically. Because everything, see, everything that we fight about is not really important unless it's important to us. What's most of it? Perspective, 
personality, preference, those kinds of things. And we have to be able to discern between what he's talking about here and a personal preference. So important to be able to discern that, isn't it? You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford, a message called Communication, the key to any and every relationship. And if you've listened to this program for any length of time, you know Pastor Ford is passionate about relationships. He's written a number of books about that. You can actually find those when you come to our website. It's treasuretruthradio.org. Click on the link that says Books by Pastor Ford. You'll see the different titles available as a paperback or in an ebook format. Again, come to treasuretruthradio.org and click on that link, Books by Pastor Ford. You can also click on the contact link, give us some feedback, or ask a question. Who knows, we might answer that on a future broadcast. You can get a hold of us again through the website, treasuretruthradio.org. Again, here's Pastor Ford. So, you know, uh, we were talking about this yesterday. Whenever, Whenever I got married, I had an expectation. And that was that all of my clothes would be ironed by my wife. Why? Because my mama ironed my clothes. I grew up in a, in a poor, a poor house. We couldn't afford the O and R. Um, mama ironed everything. Even our underwear was pressed. They had holes in them, but they were pressed and in the drawer. So when I said that to my wife, you know, she quickly reminded me, God didn't give me ironing jeans. He skipped me whenever he was passing them out. I don't iron. What do you mean you don't iron? Every wife irons. I don't. Now, we'd argue about it. And we'd argue about it. We'd argue about it. That's right. That's right. We'd argue about it. That was important to me. I got married with the expectation. Now that expectation is not being met. Oh, yeah, I'm hot. So, I have some options, don't I? Number one, keep arguing about it. Number two, Drop her and find me a woman with ironing jeans. Number three, iron myself. Now I go back and I look and I see, you know, things my mother did. And she would say to me, boy, I said, mom, why you treat me like a girl? You got me learning it. And then when she taught me how to sew, that was the, the straw that broke the camel. Why you teach me how to sew? And she said this. She said, you don't ever know what kind of woman you're going to marry. You better know how to do everything for yourself. And wasn't that woman prophetic? My wife's sick 23 years. I had to sew, cook, clean, shop, everything. 23 years. And so, it, you know, it, it, it was like, okay, so what did I do? Now check this out. I'm going to show you something how God works. So, you know, we had all boys. And I taught my boys how to iron. I said, you know what? Your mother is not going to iron anything for you. <laughs> so I'm going to show you how to iron. And all my boys know how to iron. Now get this. No, 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 this injury to insult. I'd be ironing my stuff. She'd come talking about, here, iron that for me. (laughs) Oh, oh, I know you kidding me. I know you kidding me. I know you. This happened. We were living right in the parsonage, right over here. This true story. This happened. I'm getting ready uh, to go to church. And, uh, you know, I said, oh, what happened to my shirt? What happened to my shirt? I went out, and she was ironing my shirt. And I just started crying. I'm a big cry, baby. I ain't going to lie. And I just thought, she said, what's the matter with you? What's the matter? I said, you're out of my shirt. She said, yeah, I'm, I know, baby, you're in a hurry. And I, I just want, I said, you're out of my shirt. You love me. <laughs> she said, huh? Of course I love, no, 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 no. Let me explain. You hate ironing. 
but you honor for me. You love me. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And so, you, you know, here's all I'm saying. Uh, that, was, that was a preference and was something that I was accustomed to, and so I thought it ought to be a part and parcel of what's going on. That was an unrealistic expectation. It really was. You know, and sometimes we have to realize, how do we find these things out? we got to communicate. That's why premarital counseling is important to anybody that's going to get Don't get married without premarital. Even if you think you know it all, just go and tell the counselor what you know. Wise old owl lived in an oak. The more he knew, the less he spoke. The less he spoke, the more he knew. The same truth applies to you. Zeno said God gave us two ears and one mouth. We ought to listen twice as much as we speak. I'll repeat that, but we'll go on. So then let's look at this. Let's look at these principles real quick. I want to walk through, and these are the things that he says now. Uh, you know, here's how you make it safe to communicate. Let's just, we, we, we don't have to uh, exegete the passage. It's very clear. All we have to do is just listen to what he says. So you tell me, therefore, putting away lying. How do you make it safe to communicate? Make sure that you don't lie. So what do you do if you do? You repent. You repent. I lied. What does that do? That cleans the slate. First John 1, 9, if I confess my sins, he's faithful and just to forgive me and to cleanse me from my own righteousness. Here you go. Here's what it says. It says, uh, James says this, confess your faults one to another. Here's, here's the word in First John 1, 9. Homo legeo. Homo legeo. Same word or say. So what is confession again? Come on, everybody say it with me. Confession is when I agree with God against myself. I say, God, you're right, I'm wrong. I agree with you. So then it means same say. So then here's what he says. But, but in James, when he says confess your faults one to another, he uses a preposition on it. X homo legeo. It means to out say same. Here's the principle. The person that I lie to is the person I need to go and correct it with and tell them the truth. That's what I need to do. That starts the communication again. Notice the second thing. Then the second thing is what? Stop being angry and explosive. Make it safe to communicate by not lying. Stop lying. And he says, put it away. Remember, it's an action already happened. You're already lying. So if I can't believe you about this, how can I believe you about that? If you lie about this, you'll lie about that. Like I, I read a survey that said, 98% of men uh, admit uh, to looking at another woman one or, one, uh, one or more times uh, in, 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 their, in their relationship, even if they're married. And then it said, and the other 2% are lying. <laughs> and so he says, don't be angry. Then, now, now get this, let me just say this. And, and I don't want to give you exposition, I just want you to see it. Verse 27, 
don't give place to the devil. What's he telling you? That when you lie and when you get angry, you give the devil an opportunity to get into your relationship. That's what he wants. And so you're playing into the devil's hands. That's what he's trying to tell you. Then no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is necessary for edification that it may impart grace. So he's saying your communication ought to be built up. Now, Lord willing, next week we're going to go through Proverbs and see the five different kinds of words that we ought to avoid using. For example, he says there are words uh, that uh, pierce like a sword. Then he says there are words uh, that poison you like a poison. So he gives these words and, and he tells us this is what this does. When you, when you say a word like this to somebody with whom you're in a relationship, you can tear them down when you really want to build them up. Uh, so he says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit. What's he saying? When we let corrupt words proceed out of our mouth, and don't give words that edify and impart grace, we grieve the Holy Spirit. What's important about that? We need his power. We need his power to be able to forgive. We need his power to be able to discern. We need his power so that we can produce the fruit of the Spirit and, and, and really build somebody up. Then notice this, and then I'm done. And then he says, uh, and we don't have time, but every one of these words speaks of words that create uh, uh, division in our relationship. Bitterness, wrath, we saw that before, anger, clamor, evil speaking. He says, don't let these things, what is clamor? Loud quarreling, letting other people hear what you're arguing about instead of doing it in private. And then notice what he says, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving. Every relationship. So, so you heard me say it. Marriage is a union of two forgivers. Well then, well, then if you don't know how to forgive before you get married, you're not going to learn how to forgive when you get married. Boy, such an important thing to remember in marriage. It's really the union of two sinners. And when two sinners come together, forgiveness has got to be a part of that equation, right? We're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford, and we've been looking at Ephesians chapter 4 and the topic of communication and how it's the key to any and every relationship. If you want to go back and listen to any of the messages in the series, you can do that by coming to treasuretruthradio.org. You can stream the program or download an MP3 for free. You can also be listening on the go if you have the Moody Radio app, and that's a great way to listen to not just Pastor Ford's teaching, but other programs produced by Moody Radio and streaming music stations. And not too long ago, we released a new and updated version of the app. So if it's been a while, or if you don't have the app, go to your favorite app store and search for Moody Radio. Or we'll link you to it when you come to our website. It's treasuretruthradio.org. And look for the link right there on the homepage uh, to the Moody Radio app. You'll also find it in the Stay Connected bar that you'll see right there on the homepage. And whether you listen on the app, online, or any other way, it's all made possible because of your generosity. If you'd like to give a gift of support, you can do that by coming to treasuretruthradio.org. Thanks for doing that and for listening today. Thanks to our producer, Amy Rios. For Pastor Ford, I'm Steve Hiller. Treasure Truth is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.